Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Today's topic is encouraging today's youth. Growing up in Southwest Iowa, I lived in a small town with my two older siblings and daddy, a college professor, and mom, a homemaker. Life was good. No, life was really good. But as I got older, I lived a bit underneath the shadow of my sister, who was seven years older than me. An avid studyaholic, she was favored by the teachers as a writer and artist. She entered the National Honor Society and continued on to gain her master's degree and lots of other letters after her name. She's just one of those brilliant people. Me? Well, here's where my sweet spot was. Music and God. At age 12, I started playing the piano at the little old 1940s house we used as our home church, right next to the Methodist Parsonage. By 13, I was writing poetry, leading worship for our small congregation, teaching the kids Bible stories, and dreaming of jingles on the radio. Isn't it interesting how God instills in our hearts and souls who we are meant to be? But because of that passion, that deep desire to follow the lead of God on the path of my life, the footsteps of my journey sometimes led to deep rivets in the road. I found myself in a place where ridicule happened frequently, where children may have had their inner core foundation clutching to my same beliefs, but at the surface they were embarrassed and they turned the other way. Junior high was so awkward for me, and being a B-plus student, not able to live up to my sister's A's, I longed for being at home with peanut butter sandwiches made out of mom's homemade bread and Gilligan's Island blaring in the background. One day, one of the girls from junior high didn't like it that I read my Bible while I ate my lunch. She was what we called a hood. I don't know where that name came from, but it stood for rough people that lived in the wrong part of town. I can't even remember her name. But I remember how it felt to know she and her friend were walking behind me, ready to pounce on me and beat me up. Can you believe that? This is 7th, 8th grade. I shook the whole way down the main drag waiting for her. I remember being so scared. I prayed softly, but out loud. And eventually she just turned and walked away. I remember a young boy who stole my notebook on the first day of school in ninth grade and wrote Jesus Saves in huge letters, hoping it would upset me. I proudly displayed those words and didn't mind after all. He had nice handwriting. But there were days of depression that came and settled in. I didn't belong. I was set apart from my beliefs even back then in 1970s. High school was better than junior high because I was able to take writing classes and spend free time writing music in the band room. And I had a great friend named Kristen who ended up being a pastor's wife and she got me. The most difficult thing of those days was the farm boys drinking beer or some of my high school classmates being promiscuous. I still remember what my friend Keith said when I asked him why no one ever wanted to date me. He said, you're the kind of girl we want to marry. We just don't want to date you. In the 1970s and 80s, there was no social media. Drugs were at a dull roar with marijuana being the front runner. Human trafficking was something Abe Lincoln had conquered through a battle. Kids were home by 9 o'clock. Church youth groups offered fun events like hayrides and roller skating and vacation Bible school. Life was much simpler for the everyday teen. But today's youth are faced with a challenge of many difficulties and a push to grow up too fast. Little kids in second grade want cell phones. And I know that my grandchildren, 18 months, two and a half, and six, all know how to operate my iPhone better than I do. 
Social media helps to promote bullying and abduction. Life is different. How can we help? How can we invest in our kids and make a difference? What can you and I do? Well, friends, today with me in the studio is Rachel Soggy Kupski, pastor of Student Ministries for the Waters Church in Sartell. Rachel graduated from North Central University with a degree in youth development and has been speaking about abstinence at junior and senior highs since she was in senior high herself. Hey, Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Rachel, today's world is faced with many things that people my age never faced. With the growth of social media and technology, what do you see as the top issues that today's youth are facing? Yeah, um, I love, I mean, I love social media and I love technology and I love Instagram and Facebook and all those things, but they definitely bring huge challenges uh, for our students and for teenagers and people that we never had to before uh, deal with. And um, where your thoughts and feelings can be seen by anyone at any time, um, there's a place for students to share their highs and lows and things immediately. I think it's different from years ago where if you had a bad day or something, you had to go home and wait till you could call your friend later on or talk to somebody uh, face-to-face and process it. And I think it gave people the ability to process in a healthier manner. Um, I guess something that I think technology and, and social media has hindered is um, students' ability to just learn how to cope and use their coping skills to to manage their emotions just because social media has such a immediate response and immediate rejections. Um, those would be some of the some of the most difficult things that I see that arise from social media and technology. And I think you're exactly right because it's so true that, you know, people are rating anything and everything, you know, more so yeah. than they ever did. They're so very, very raw and real and authentic now. One of the major concerns that as a parent and a grandparent I have for the youth of today is this uprising scary topic of human trafficking. And, you know, living in small communities, people don't like to talk about it, but it's really real and happening. Mm-hmm. And because you're a yeah. youth pastor, how do you and your church deal with this issue or do you and do you think that kids are really aware of the dangers of today right i think i think we could do a better job when i when i think of it i just think man it is such a huge horrific injustice that's happening um even around us in minnesota in central minnesota um, where i'm from and and there's so much about it i think that we don't know or understand um and so that sometimes is scary to us but what we've kind of done, I guess, as a youth ministry and stuff is to try to raise, raise awareness um, to our students by making them just aware of some of the organizations that are working to eliminate it um, and partnering with some of them. And we give to missions organizations that are, that are helping um, oh, raise awareness and also eliminate it mm-hmm. and working towards that. And so I think it has to be taught on both ends, though, the prevention for it and the work towards ending it. And um, I went to a, a conference last year that talked about just this staggering statistic that I guess I wasn't aware of, uh, probably even just working with students and being uh, in youth ministry for, for over eight years now. I just I wasn't aware that the large uh, majority of pornography that's viewed is actually um, of people that were trafficked or lured into the sex industry. And so that kind of blew me away a little bit and also has challenged me to encourage our students to understand like how it can be so real to us and how it can be actually out in front of us and maybe we don't even realize it and 
And so with social media and technology and all those things, um, pornography is obviously a huge industry and a huge concern, but it just made it real to me, and I think it should shock us a little bit that, that something like that is actually one of the ways that people are used to be trafficked and to be exploited, and um, that should scare us, but it also should help challenge us to encourage students Definitely. to to know what they see. Yeah, and I, um, and I think that's so good to be able to be preventative and to be aware and then to be partnered with places and, yeah. and organizations that are helping. Listeners, Rachel was one of our main session speakers at our Best Life Ministries event held a few years ago in St. Cloud, Minnesota, and Rachel spoke on the topic of purity. Um, Rachel, can you just take a few minutes and tell us how you encourage youth to save themselves from marriage and why you yourself value this so deeply um, why you think it's important for youth. I, and I know, you know, congratulations. I know you and your husband, Nick, just yeah. recently got married, and that's so wonderful. Yeah. But I, I love how you are so honest and real with, you know, people and, and talking to them, especially youth, about purity. Mm-hmm. So tell us about it. Yeah, I'm super passionate about the topic of purity and about living and running after that in our own lives. And I've just been incredibly lucky to get to share, even in the public schools, about just the why behind choosing purity. Um, I love encouraging students simply to just make healthy decisions for their lives. And even though I don't get to share about God in the schools, we're still sharing truth, and we're still sharing His heart. And so um, sexual purity is 100% a decision that students get to make for themselves. And I really try to, to put it back on them and say that this is a decision that that nobody else can make for you. And so at some point in your life, you have to come up and decide what this is going to look like for you. And so I love to encourage them um, that there's incredible consequences, that we have good consequences and we have bad consequences in life, but there's incredible consequences that can come from waiting, even though you don't get to maybe see the immediate gratification that you're looking for. Um, but the good consequences far outweigh the temporary things. Um, that may be gratified in the moment of pleasure. And I, I really don't like to focus on the consequences, the bad ones, as much students hear about it in health class and they hear about statistics and STDs and pregnancy and all that stuff. But I rather just try to focus on the opportunity that they have to make this this positive choice in their life. And what I love is, like, Scripture is so clear that God wants us to run after sexual purity in our lives. And He says it's a big deal. Um, and He's not putting these rules on us to chain us down, but he's, he's doing it to keep us from something that, that actually can bring devastating consequences and harm to us. And so um, I often share the example just of, like, sex is like fire, and it's awesome in the context it was created for. It's great to be around a bonfire in the fall and things like that, but it changes the situation when, when your health starts on fire. Fire is not awesome at that point. And so I talked just about how sex, when it's taken out of the context of marriage, can be heartbreaking. Um, And probably the reason why I value it so much in my own life is I had people that encouraged me and challenged me that it was possible from a really young age that I could do this for myself. And I knew that even if I had made mistakes or messed up, that it was going to be worth getting back up and choosing purity again. And so it was never a guilt thing that was put on me or something that I was made to be afraid of. It just simply seemed like a great choice and that something that God would honor. And so as I get to speak in school and stuff, I've, I've shared my story, my personal story, and just said, hey, I've been speaking in schools for 13 years on this topic, and, and I was single for a really long time, and I, I know it was hard, and I, I know that it was hard when you felt like you loved somebody or you felt maybe pressured into something, 
but I I had also seen the devastation and stuff that could come. And and like you said, I just got married in August of this year, and um, it's so incredibly rewarding to just know that everything I I spoke about all the time and just challenging students that they could wait and that it was going to be worth it. It's so incredible to be on the other side now and to say, yeah, it was worth it, and I'm so glad, and I don't have regrets. Um, But I think the biggest thing, too, is I want students and young people to know that it's possible and that if they hit some bumps in the road to purity, that God's mercies are new every morning and that they can start fresh. So true, Um, so true, and so wonderful. I'm so proud of you for being a voice to the youth today and just promoting that it's okay to be abstinent. It's okay to say no and not be pressured and to, you know, have your feet firmly planted in that decision. Well, listeners, if you're just tuning in today, you're listening to Your Best with Kathy Weckworth. And in the studio with me, I have a pastor from Student Ministries, Rachel Soggy Kupski from the Waters Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Rachel, what are three things today that you can send us off with that you can tell parents that we can do effectively to support the youth of today? I think one of the one of the hugest things is parents don't have to do it alone. And I think to look around and realize that there's people that want to partner with you and walk through the situations in life that your students are going through, and that's grandparents, pastors, mentors, teachers, coaches, other godly people, youth leaders, other voices that are just going to say the same thing that a godly parent would say, but just maybe in a different way or from a different person. I think that's the hugest thing um, that parents can do, and also communicating uh, with your student and just challenging them that, it's okay to tell me what's going on, to keep those lines of communication open, be a place that they can process. They don't need you to be their friend because they already have those. But be willing to listen and, and pray that God would help you to have the wisdom to know when to speak and when to shut your mouth and just listen and let your kid process. I think it's huge that kids know that they can at least come home to a mom or dad or a parent or guardian and just say, this is kind of what happened today and I don't know what to do with it. And And so being a safe place for communication. And then I think the last thing is, for me, is just um, that parents would let their kids know that they believe in them Mm, and that you know they can do incredible things, even when it's hard, even when they don't seem to be hitting the mark sometimes, that you just continue to speak life and encouragement into them and and really surrounding your kid in prayer as well. I just, I know that um, I had a mom once tell me that the biggest, her one catch-all prayer for her kids was just that their hearts would be soft to God and what he has for them. And I know that it can do incredible things in our life because I'm grateful for the people that have prayed for me along the way. Listeners, that was Rachel Soggy Kubski, and she is the pastor of Student Ministries at the Waters Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Rachel, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Kathy. Let's take everything Rachel says to heart and start integrating those valuable steps into our everyday lives. Maybe you don't have grandchildren, maybe you don't even have children, but I bet you have nephews and nieces or even neighbors that you can begin to encourage. And speaking of encouragement, with me in the studio today, I'm thrilled to welcome singer, songwriter, worship leader to Woodlands Church and amazing worship artist, the beautiful Sarah Kelly to the show. Sarah, hi. Hi, how 
are you? I'm so good. I wish that you were here having a cup of coffee and we were just, you know, chatting away the day. But that's okay. I'm glad you're with me here online. I mean, this is fabulous to have you. So thank you. Sarah's a second-time Grammy Award nominee in category of Best Rock or Rap Gospel, and her music is compared to Sheryl Crow, Janis Joplin, and Nora Jones. You know what I love, Sarah? Those are cool people to be compared to. How fun. No, but they're so, you know what I love about that? Like, that was a quote from Billboard magazine, actually. And this is, I love that those three artists are so different. They are. They are. And you know, you know what I think too, Sarah, from listening to your music and, and just loving who you are as a person, I think taking those three women who are all very unique and they're all, you know, kind of in their own right, they're strong women. And that's how I see you. So not just as a personality, but as an artist, they have really unique character vocal characteristics and that's exactly what you have and you're a worship artist songwriter the thing I absolutely love about you is that you didn't have a perfect life and you don't mind telling people about it you're someone really real and honest and transparent in your walk with God so can you just start us out today and tell our listeners a little bit about your struggle with abuse and your self-professed addiction to self-hate talk about that with me Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm just like any other girl, right? I had to go through junior high and get through high school. And um, and a lot of deep insecurities really developed over that, that season, that time. For whatever reason, it was, you know, I, I'm a teacher now, and I, I have a lot of kids that age. And I watch some of them deal with that more than others. And I was just one of those kids that really just was insecure. Uh, my parents didn't do anything wrong. There was no blame there. It's just literally I was just one of those that had that gene of just really not liking myself. Nothing I could do would be good enough. My I compared myself with other prettier, better people, and I felt less than. And I think um, self-hate is a bit of an addiction, and I think I indulged in it. Hmm. I literally um, was uh, got kind of addicted to not not only not liking myself but actually hating myself early and um and just being super hard on on me and then eventually what happens is uh with girls that deal with this if we don't catch it and we don't you know uh, uh help them steer their thoughts a little bit differently uh you get tired of beating up yourself so you look for someone else to do it and don't you think with somebody, you know, having the issues that you struggled with of, you know, not liking themselves, hating themselves, I mean, that's a strong word, but hating themselves, you look for people, like you said, who are, you know, maybe kind of fostering into that, feeding into that, um, maybe controlling, maybe angry themselves. I know um, for me and my background, you know, that's what I tended to um, zone to was the person that was, you know, controlling and abusive. And somebody who's dealt with things like this in, in their lives, um, Sarah, what can you tell our listeners that encourage them, you know, to stay aware of that and to maintain healthy relationships? What do you tell people? Um, first of all, if anyone out there is getting hit in your home, um, this is a big misconception I had. I, I thought Jesus expected me to stay. And that's just absolutely unbiblical and uncorrect. That's it's right. Just not that's right. right. Uh, and and I mean, churches go get counsel from yeah, your pastors. Yeah. Do 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 that, but don't just know that God is love. Right. And love and fear are two very different things. That's right. And if you think in, about it, if it's you're, just, it just doesn't make sense. You're right. And if God you're, is okay with that. 
if you're involved so, like, in a church that that is like not supporting that and they're saying no you have to stay with this person even if they're beating or hurting you you've got to walk away from that person and that church because a lot of times churches don't understand you know we're we're grounded in scripture we don't believe that people can be bad you know um so you have to be aware of that as well yeah don't, don't you think exactly yeah and it's the hardest thing to walk through that i've ever had to walk through but let me encourage you guys that on the other side of that is like when god like he because he sees your heart he sees you trying the powers in the try like and you're trying to honor him through this so the reward for that is so amazing i am married to the best most gentle kind he looks i i I'm, I hope no one's offended by this, but he looks like the Swedish uh, version of Jesus, like oh, the blonde hair, you know, <laughs> he's fabulous. Like, and he's so, uh, he's just so, uh, I married a man of God, he's from Sweden, it's been seven years. Let's talk about your recent project called My Corner of Heaven, and you've been growing as a songwriter and an artist. How do you feel your music is morphing? Oh, this this album is so much fun. It's like a lot. I'm making the music I want to make. I'm not. Yay. I mean, I know your radio station. I totally get it. I, I'm so respectful for what you guys do. However, I'm making music that I think my crowd wants to hear, oh, and it's not. Great. I'm not trying to chase the radio single. Yep. This the whole album is about this corner of heaven where all the rockers are going to get together, and we're just <sighs> going to be able to be ourselves, and it's okay. Yes. <laughs> so yes. I mean, it's like so much fun it's just a fun concept for an album and i have a lot of rock and roll people like slash played on my second album and you know um so i mean i'm just i'm very accepted and and appreciated in the rock community so i always want to find a way to bridge those two yes uh and my my albums are always geared to be someone's first experience of worship because at my shows, it's not just about worshiping. Um, it's about okay, we got it. We got usually we have to get someone saved and and then get them worshiping within twenty minutes. So let's let's free this along. You know? Yeah. So I mean, you know, uh, a lot of times the people that attend my shows are not, uh, you know, not necessarily a Christian crowd. Is sure. what I'm trying to say. Sure. And Especially you know, in Sweden. Yes. You know what? So. I loved the video. Oh my goodness! I loved your video, Unescapable. I love the song, and we're going to just play it here in a few minutes. But tell me just really quickly what's the premise behind that song it is just um it's about you know overly religious people and and that the fact that when i wasn't looking i maybe even became one mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and sure. i tried to hide this pocket full of pride from my own creator designer chains keeping me enslaved um i'm desperate for a savior so i mean it's just um uh you know it's about literally running so hard from God's love because you're busy on your high horse or busy with life or whatever, but yeah. um, the process of Him uh, catching you and, and you realizing that you're not all that and you need His grace every single minute of every so, day. So and again, true. I put kind of like almost like has a little bit of an urgency in the guitar riff, like, dur, 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 dur. it's almost like, you know, someone someone's after you yes, a little bit. Yes. And, and what who is after you is God. He And it's yeah. just, when he catches you, it's the best. So it. that's supposed to be the bridge is when he finally, you, you look at yourself um, in the mirror and you're like, okay, I'm not all that. I'm, 
I, I need you. I That's, need you. Thank you, so. Sarah. I love it. So listeners, now that we've heard all about that song, let's give a listen to it. Here's Sarah Kelly with Unescapable. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Your Best with Kathy Weckworth. And today in the studio, we're chatting with the very beautiful 
and amazingly gifted worship artist, Sarah Kelly. Sarah, and I am so proud of you. I'm just proud of everything that you're doing. And mostly I'm proud of the fact that you're not a victim who's just sitting in the corner sobbing or crying or sorry for yourself. You got up and you walked out and you're helping other people. And that's what makes me so happy. And you're using this incredible fabulous, edgy, wonderful music that you have just to bring people to Christ. So thank you so much for being on the show. I am so glad that you're my friend and glad that you're here with me today. Absolutely. It's my pleasure and my honor. Thank you so much. (laughs) Okay. Listeners, maybe you had an ideal childhood, or maybe you were hurt or bullied. Perhaps you were abused or beaten down. Here's what I know. We can't change our past, but we can change the present and the future. Determine that you're going to walk down this path looking to the left and the right to see the youth of today. Don't look down on their differences from your childhood because somebody was mean to you. Look at how you can encourage. Look for ways that you can invest, build up, and make their lives better. Who knows? You might be the difference maker in their world, the one who God uses to change the course in their journey. Let me pray with you today. Dear Jesus, life today for the average child and youth is really challenging. I pray that you will help us to look around and encourage kids. I pray that we will be convicted to encourage and pray for them. For the kids in our lives, I pray that you will give us godly wisdom and insight and that you will help us to treasure them and love them and help them to know that no matter where they go, your love for them is unescapable. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listeners, if you missed last week's show, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes at Kathy Weckworth, Your Best. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best. <music>